Blessings. This is Pastor Walter and Maribel Arias welcoming you to the podcast of God of Covenants Christian Center. We hope this time is a blessing for you. Make sure you subscribe to get new messages every week. Enjoy the message and embrace what the Lord has for you. This week's message, titled True Freedom, by Pastor Walter Arias. Let's listen to the message and may God bless you. Hallelujah. Give it to him greatly where you are, there where you are in your house, where you may find yourself. All of us that are here, let us worship the King. You may be seated. Blessed be the name of the Lord. We greet everyone that is watching in their homes because they find themselves perhaps in this time in a place that is special. Perhaps some have gone for vacation and some have gone for a time to connect with the church and with the Lord. And we bless you wherever you may be. If you're watching through this signal, through the internet, or however it may reach you, and waiting for the glory of God will be poured out in your life. As in this place that the presence of God has been poured out. We bless you. We give you a welcome to our YouTube channel of God of Covenants Christian Center and our social media, asking that you join us and that you be a part of what is the evangelization of this global earth. You can help us to send a notification or an invitation to someone else so that they can connect with someone else. That they form the character in us so that you can have words there to receive, to memorize. And to all those that are present, our joy to be able to share. And I want you to, in, I want to inform everyone that at seven o'clock this evening, every Sunday starts the service in the parking lot. If we know that now because of the question of the pandemic, unfortunately and sadly, the amount of people that have uh, had coronavirus has increased. And as a church and as pastors, as a responsibility, we made the decision to guard the church of the Lord. And to have you here in this place in the sanctuary is a great blessing. But we don't want that it be more... Uh, or an intention or desire to see us to a reality of taking care for you yourselves. And as such, it's a number that is reduced here that are serving today, but with all the intention that, that we do what we come to do to worship and worship the King of Kings and the Lords of Lords. And that's our only intention. And that's where you are. But, but listen, well, at seven o'clock this evening, you could be coming here at 6.50, 6.55. And if we get a little later, then maybe traffic might. Or if there was an accident that delays you, but arrive. And the parking lot, we have our drive-in service that you can listen to the service in your car through our FM transmitter at 89.9. But also the preaching, you could receive it there. And even we tell you to bring some chairs or various chairs 
according to the number of people that you bring with you as a family, and you're going to place it in the space that is assigned next to your vehicle so you could be out in the open also receiving the word. And that's then is our desire. If you connect through here, then glory to God. And if we open again in a moment, then you can come. But to the whole congregation, you're invited at 7 o'clock from 7 to 8 o'clock here in the parking lot of God of Covenants Christian Center. Amen. And allow me, let us pray to hear the word of God in this morning. And I invite you that you there can join me and they're comfortable in your house like we are here in this place. We made ourselves available in our hearts to come up early, to wake up early to life, to be able to come and to seek his face, his presence and to be able to take this signal to your home. So the minimum that we can do, that you can wait and desire viewers that you are interested in, I hope that you're organized where you are. And we pray. Father and good God, Lord, we come before you by the merits, the precious merits of Jesus Christ, who on the cross died for us, to give us this privilege, to be able to enter to the throne of grace and mercy, to reach the opportune help. And today we invoke your name, asking for forgiveness of our sins and of all sins, and asking that by your word, you minister to us as you have allowed us to minister your heart with our worship and with our praise to you. Speak to us through your word, Lord. Reach us. Bring us today revelation, understanding, and bring us today a knowledge increase within us the wisdom on your behalf. And I ask for each and every one that is watching and listening and sees this sermon, that they could receive with power and might. And with me, you give me the grace to be able to share it as it suits and the boldness of your Holy Spirit so that I could speak your word. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And the whole church of the Lord says, Amen. Amen. Yesterday, in our country here in the United States, we had the opportunity to celebrate of the 4th of July, which is the Independence Day of this country. It celebrates the Independence Day here in the United States as a colony that it was of London or England, better stated. But you can see a little bit more about this information looking in a fountain of information so you could understand what it is. But I want to tell you, what we understand on top is that we became independent. But to speak of this topic of independent, it's very special because today our country, the United States, and not only here, but there in Colombia, in Venezuela, in Mexico, in Central America, there in Spain, in Italy, where today they may be watching, in all places that we can understand, there's no, as such, any true freedom. There's really not an independence. This country, the United States, today continues being a country that is uh, slavery in selfishness and abuse. It's in a social deteriorating. The life here is filled of debauchery in all places. The humans believe that to be free is to do what they consider, whatever their heart pleases. And that is far from the truth. And today I want to take a topic that has as a title, True Freedom. And many, we 
while waiting that the government of the United States will bring us freedom and complete happiness or that the government of where I live brings me freedom and all the satisfaction that my life needs. But let me tell you, that is never going to be that way because it doesn't have the design, not even the earthly government, no country and no person to bring a freedom, freedom that the humans need. It's not a earthly freedom. It starts with a spiritual freedom. And today I want to quote the gospel according to John chapter 8, verses 31 to 37. And I gave you time so that you could write it, so you could find it. The gospel according to John chapter 8, verses 31 to 37. The word of God says the following. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And I'm going to ask you for a favor, everyone, to please underline abide. Underline that word abide. If you abide, verse 32, and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. And I'm also going to ask that you please underline and you shall underline uh, no, the word no. Verse 33, they answered him, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? Verse 34, Jesus answered them, most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. Verse 35, and a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, and you can read this verse 36 in a loud voice where you are. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. And you can underline the word free if you're so kind. And we finish with verse 37. I know that you are Abraham's descendants. Look at how Jesus says this here. But you seek to kill me. Because my word has no place in you. And today I want to speak of the character of the true disciple of Jesus that has to do with the word abide. I'm going to speak of the privilege of the true disciple, which has to do with the word know him. And I want to speak of the happiness of the true disciple of Jesus, which has to do with the word freedom. And we're going to enter into the topic with the first point, the character. There you see in your house there, the character on the screen is showing. It's related with the word that I put in quotations. To abide. To abide. And there, I want to enter a little bit with the teaching of the word. And I hope that you could receive this. The character of the true disciple of Jesus is to abide. In verse 31 of John 8, I read again. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him or believed him. Listen well, the disciples who believed in him. And he said, if you abide in my word, 
you are my disciples indeed. Tremendous. There's a teaching here that is very special and very key for every person that says that they are a believer. It's key to every person that says, I am a Christian. I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Christ saved me. When we say these words, that person that says that I'm saved by the work of Jesus on the cross, I want you that we enter into this topic and that we could see by the word to see how that word or those words that we say are sustaining or if there's something that God wants to teach us in this day. And I retake that we want to speak that the character of the true disciple of Jesus is to abide, to abide. So then that character is not determined only by just believing and accepting Jesus. So that you can understand the character is the form. It's the integrity of a human. The character of a person, the character varies from person to person. The character of Jesus Christ is special. The character of Christ is God. It's the way of God, the manner of God. Each and every one of us come from different cultures. And as such, we have an identity of culture that I represent or that I come from. Or if I come to a special region, then those places into my character is formed according to the environment where I am or what I'm seeing continuously or that what I'm reading. My character is starting to form in that growth as a person. When I go advancing from a child, from infancy and adolescence and then mature, then a person that has a character that is already formed. That's why it's important to understand that when we come to Christ, when we accept Christ, I can't continue saying is that I'm like this, how I because I'm like that. Well, then you're going to have to take and deal with it because I'm this way. You have heard sometimes maybe those words. Oh, it's that I speak this way. Oh, it's that I scream this way. I shout this way. So then with that, we're saying that's the way that I have. That's my way. And you have to accept my way. But when we say that we're of Christ, we can't continue saying I'm this way because accepting Christ involves to acquire his character and to form his character in me. Then I have to learn how will Jesus do it or how does Jesus do it? How would Jesus say it? So then I start to change my way of being and I end up being in the image of the one that took me for salvation to the measure of the man and the stature of the perfect man, which is Christ Jesus. The character cannot be my character. The word is clear. If some are in Christ, they are a new creation. Old things have passed away. And it says all things are made new. So if we're in the Lord, then all things should change. What is all? All and us. What defines us as a person, what we are as a person, our emotions, our thoughts, they should mold to the image of he that came to die for me, to pay for me, and I have a broken character, damaged, and he comes to change me, to form me. And that's the conversation that Jesus has with these people that had believed in him. Once again, the character is not determined only by just believing and accepting Jesus. The character builds and grows 
by abiding. Put this in your heart. Abiding. If he says, if you abide in my word, and with this I want to be very clear, because the word abide is not referring only to continuity or continuing. It's not only about that or to be always in something, but the word abide has to do with fellowship or communion or dependency. Take notes because this is crucial for your spiritual life. When I speak of abiding, I understand that I abide. So let me explain it very easily. This is this podium abides every day here all the year long. It doesn't get moved from here. But it's not to say that it's transformed. It's not to say that it changed its way. No, it abides. Yes, it's there. It's the same. We accept Jesus and I can be believing as a Christian 10 years, 20 years that I'm doing something good with my life and perhaps I'm not doing it well because the word dependency or communion is missing, which is part of the word abiding. So abiding is not only a continuity, but it's also an intimacy or with intimacy. Someone can congregate and pray for a lifetime and their character is not similar to Christ, assuredly. Listen well, someone can congregate his whole life or her whole life, but their character is not transformed, that they change their way because to assume that congregating makes me a Christian is a mistake. Congregating doesn't make me a Christian, just like having a Bible doesn't make me a Christian or having 10 Bibles. It doesn't make me a better Christian to put the radio Christian music worship to Christ or praise and worship. That does not make me a better Christian or more of a Christian. It makes me to assume all those things with those songs, all those lyrics, and to live everything that it says and what they teach me when I congregate. Then I start to form the character in me. Is there someone understanding? Amen? To have one or various Bibles, to listen to the Bible the whole day, to memorize the Bible, all that I've mentioned, not necessarily does that make you a Christian. Because there's philosophers that are atheists and they read the Bible and they study it all too to teach philosophy, but to deny Christ. I'm going to read in James in chapter 1, verse 22 to 25. And before I get in here, allow me that I tell you a little bit more about this thought. A person can congregate their whole life in a church and be a person very punctual, very religious in that. And their life can be continue being a chaos at home and a chaos everywhere else. They could put the music that they want of praise and worship, but zero of transformation in their heart. Has Christ failed? No. Is that the word failing? No. Is it the identity of where they congregate? No. What fails is that they haven't had intimacy. 
that they haven't had a dependency or fellowship with the word that they hear or with the word they read or the word that they copy. They don't have intimacy with that word. So as such, the character is not transformed. So then you could come or many people can come to congregate, to pass the time, to fulfill a requirement or obligation, to feel well, because the the environment is very good, because here it's very special, because there's an atmosphere that is heavenly, because it is. It's here because God, the word says that where there's two or three in his name, he is there. So they congregate because it's the current, it's the culture. I congregate or I buy a Bible, I read the Bible or I put Christian music because it makes me feel like good, but not necessarily is it transforming you. You're transformed when there's fellowship, when there's dependency. And that's why this first point is the character. The character of the true disciple of Jesus is to abide. The word abide, then, we have said, is not speaking only of a continuity, but it also speaks of a fellowship or a de- dependency. And then in James chapter 1, verses 22 to 25 says, But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For Underline to be doers, underline that, to be doers. Verse 23, for if anyone is a hearer of the word and is not a doer, underline this, so you have this in your mind, and the word, and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. Verse 25, but he who looks into the perfect, who looks into the perfect law of liberty and the one that reads the scripture, the perfect law and of liberty and continues in it, having fellowship with it, intimacy with this law, with this word, with this written word, and is not a forgetful hero, but a doer of the work. This one will be blessed in what he does. It says that when we pay attention to the word, to the law that is here, to this word, this way of God, when I get in and I pay attention, to pay attention is to observe it there and to put it into practice. I get in with it. Then there, when I have fellowship with this word and I live it, that's when my character, that Christ's character is formed in us. And the rest, church, my friends and all that are connecting today, The rest of that is called customs or religiosity. The word abide, once again, has to do with the word fellowship or the word dependency. Then how can we explain this? As Jesus explained it in one of his parables when he spoke of the branches, when he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Let us go to scripture in John chapter 15, verse 5. While you find it, again, John chapter 15, verse 5, for all, the word vine is speaking of the grapevine and the word branches is the fruit we know, which is the grape. So Jesus says in John 15, 5, I am the vine, the trunk, the plant. I am the vine. You are the branches. We are that branch. And he who abides in me, who is together with me, who abides in me, and I in him, 
bears much. What does he bear? Fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. So what this text is speaking of is exactly what I'm sharing in this moment, which is to abide. That forms the character. When Jesus says, I am the vine, he is saying that I am the trunk of that plant of the grape. You are one of the the branches and you're connected. There's something that passes from me to you. There's something because of that intimacy, because of that connection. So there's something, uh, something I'm giving, I'm feeding you a nutrient that's going to allow you to be able to give forth a fruit, grapes. He's speaking of intimacy. He's speaking of abiding. He's speaking of fellowship. A branch with its trunk should have fellowship so that it can give fruit. So Jesus is interested in that we give fruit. Jesus is interested. How can we give fruit if we don't have intimacy with him? If I separate myself from him continually, I've made a confession of faith. I've said that Jesus is my Lord and Savior, but I go away from his teaching with the wisdom that comes from that root and goes up the plant and gets into the branch, then I start to separate when I start to live however I want. So then I'm rejecting his nutrient. I reject what he wants. I reject the word. So then the fruit is not correct. The character is not transformed. Obedience is fellowship. And without this, there's no character. I've said it many times. What is the difference between one person with one believer and another? The difference will always, between one believer and the other, is the one who obeys. Both are converted the same day. So when we say convert, is that they, two, recognize that they're sinners. Both of them assume that they need a savior and they make a prayer of faith accepting Jesus as the gift of God for the forgiveness of their sins and for eternal life. Both of them start to cry in the moment because they're ministered by the Holy Spirit. They grab on behalf of God. Both have something that have a spiritual experience and we call it a new birth. So what is the difference then from then on? Is that if they have a fellowship with the true word, is if they feed themselves with it and live it. Both can be exposed to the same environment. They could be in a congregation that is Christian. They could grow in the midst of a people that seek God and worship God, but one of them doesn't see the word and he sees it. If he sees it, then he could see it, but he doesn't live it. He doesn't practice it. And as such, when they grow, one gives a lot of fruit as a son of God who had read the word who lived the word, who obeyed it, and the other one that takes this and has the same years as the other person, his fruits show something that he's not connected to God. What does he have? A religion. He acquired an identity that is not him because he doesn't have the character of Christ. Then what have we have spoken of? That the character has to do with abiding. The character of the true disciple of Jesus is to abide. Let us go to the second point of the privilege. Let us speak of the privilege. So you can take notes. The privilege is to know him. The true disciple of Jesus has as a privilege to know him, to know him, 
And in John chapter 8, verse 32, it says, And you shall know the truth. You shall know the truth. So then, I was reading something very important. I was studying this a lot. And I read that for the Jews and for the Greek, the word know or truth, those are different, those two words and the interpretation. The Jew, the verb know and the noun truth means much more than what it means for a Greek. For a Greek, the word know is something intellectual. The word know is something intellectual. The Greeks were wondered by philosophy and with knowledge. When Paul goes to a place and you and the word of God says, he sees the people and he says, I see that in all of you, you're very religious. But if there's something that they did, that these people did, is that they spoke of wisdom, of knowledge. So the word no for a Greek is something that is intellectual. But for a Jewish person, the word no goes further, goes beyond that. It is to have a personal experience with the object. So I'll explain it. In Genesis chapter 4, verse 1, so you can find it. Genesis chapter 4, verse 1, the word of God says, Now Adam knew his knew Eve his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, and said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. And look here how this scripture says, now Adam knew, underline that, knew. What is no? Is this, hi, nice to meet you. My name is Frank. Your name is Maribel? Oh, nice, nice to meet you. So there I'm knowing a person. And continually, I, we know people in our business, in our places. So the word no for us, it's almost like the Greek. It's, we understand it, that it's something intellectual, like I know you already. But the word no has a more profound thought in the Hebrew culture. And he spoke this. It speaks of something profound and of an intimacy and analyze. It says, now Adam, of course, knew his wife because the woman came out of his rib of Adam. The woman came out of the rib and they knew each other. They related to one another. They greeted one another. They shared, they spoke, but he knew her is when he had a sexual relationship with her. And how do we confirm this? In Matthew chapter 1, verse 24 and verse 25. It says, this is about Joseph and Mary. It says, then Joseph being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife. So what was the woman? Mary. And did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son. And he called his name Jesus. So look at the word no is again, appearing again in our mind. It's, oh, hi, nice to meet you. How are you? I know you. You know me. I see you. You see me. But here it has a context in a Hebrew culture, which means something more. So Joseph knew who Mary was. He was engaged. Remember the weddings, the uh, the weddings in Galilee of the Hebrew culture? 
So they knew a family, knew another family. So they knew who that girl was. That we could say that young girl, right? And there was an arrangement so one day that she would be his wife. And in fact, he took her. But when he took her, it says that she conceived from the Holy Spirit. And it says afterwards that Joseph knew her after she gave birth to Jesus. What is it referring to? That he had with her an intimacy, a sexual relationship after, after the work of what was in her womb of the Holy Spirit. It was a woman that was conceived according to the Bible through the work and grace of the Holy Spirit. But then afterwards, Joseph, when, when Mary gave birth to Jesus, he was able to take her as his wife and have intimacy sexually with her. And of course, this is for the people who haven't read the Bible that we were raised with the context of Mary. It's scandalous that they couldn't have sexual relationships. No, no, I'm preaching something so that you have knowledge. Mary had more children and the Bible cites it and gives them their names. And here what I want to say is that the word no speaks of an intimacy. It speaks of something profound. And I'm not saying this text that we have to have a sexual intimacy with God. It's impossible. It's not about that. But it's the allegory so that we could understand what he wants, that we have the blessing of being able to know him. That's our true happiness to have freedom is to know Jesus then to know him has to do with intimacy with him once again is to have a relationship with him is to know him on another level not oh I congregate in a place and I accept Jesus no it goes further of making a prayer of faith it's to get deeper into a relationship and that happiness is the one that truly will give us the freedom and that's why the topic today has a title true freedom we're speaking of the privilege of knowing him how good it is to know him how do i know him i know him when i surrender to him we read it in genesis and matthew we read it but now i want us to go to first corinthians chapter 8 verses 2 and 3 first corinthians chapter 8 verses 2 and 3 and it says and if anyone thinks that he knows anything he knows nothing, yet as he ought to know. Let us stop there. Sometimes we think that we know things. And this apostle is saying, if anyone thinks that he knows anything, he knows nothing yet, as he ought to know. Verse 3, but if anyone loves God, this one is known by him. By him. Look, the word known is also here, and Paul is speaking it, and I ask you, is maybe God doesn't know humanity? God knows humanity. Don't you see that he's omniscient? He knows everything. He's omnipresent. He's in every place. He knows the whole earth. He knows all the creatures, all the animals. But this text is saying that the one who loves God, he is known by him. It's speaking of something differently. So the people say, oh, God loves me. Of course. God loves you because he loves you by a, by creation because he created you. But does he love you by relationship? Are you with me? He loves you as a creation. You accept him? Then he loves you as a child. But now he's going to love you because you love him. So now he knows you by the love. And how do we love God? 
if it's not in his perfect will that we live in. That speaks of knowledge or knowing. I know my wife. You know that, right? And those over here, those that know me, I know my wife. I know her. One day I presented myself and I said, hi, nice to meet you. And she fell in love. She fell there when she saw me. <laughs> she was, her heart was marked. But then the relationship to know and how are you and and I would see her and I would visit her and she would see me. I would go in skates to go see her. Woo. To see her. And then we got married and we've had children. And of that, we've had some really good years. I'm not going to say to see if she remembers. So in all this time, I know my wife. I didn't know her. And when I had my sexual relations with her in that beginning, I didn't know her as such when my children were born. And today I know her more. Why? Because it goes further, it goes beyond that. It's it's an interacting, it's a knowledge, it's I know my wife, what she wants, what she doesn't want, when she likes something, when she doesn't like something. The same for her, to me. She knows all my things because we have fellowship. I know my wife and she knows me. And as such, there's something that is called love. And there is love. And I know how I, I know what I should do and I know what I can't do. Because if there's some things... I do, then I damage her if I do certain things. And with that, I'm not showing love. My love will bless her. My love has to be designed that she feels complete and vice versa. So then this is more than just, hello, how are you? This is more, hey, I know you. No. What we're speaking about this with this point of the privilege, the true disciple of Jesus is to know him. Not to, I accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. No, it's to know Him. That song that we sang, I want us to minister if we have time. Forgive me for not worshiping you. Wow. And that last one that was, that we, we sang, wow. Has to do with this relationship with the Lord. A relationship. And I hope that someone is receiving something. Amen. And the third to end and conclude, happiness. The happiness has to do with the word freedom. Today's topic has as a title, true freedom. The happiness of the true disciple of Jesus is freedom. And John 8, 32b says, and the truth shall make you free. Life and freedom are two things, are two things that humans most love. Life and freedom. The two rights of humanity. To live. That many have taken those rights from others. And I take this opportunity. The right of a human is to live. And the other is to live. But to live in freedom. When we ignore the truth. That's why Jesus says. And the truth. Shall make you free. When we ignore the truth. When we ignore God. Which is the truth. 
when we ignore that truth, which is his knowledge, which is him, which is essence, when we ignore, then we're not free. We won't be free. And as such, we won't be happy. We won't be joyful. Why? Because there's something missing. Knowing the way of God. That's why he says the truth. He says, I am the truth. Jesus says, I am the truth, the way and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. When he's speaking of the truth, what is he referring to? Not only the intellectual truth that he is the Son of God. No. The truth of knowing him, of relating with him, of his way. In John 8, verse 33, it says, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? Verse 34, Jesus answered, said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave. Underline that. As a slave of sin. And a slave does not abide in the house forever. So it doesn't abide. But a son abides forever. So those these Jewish people had received a religion, but they were missing a personal relationship with God. And they were slaves and they had forgotten. They were slaves of the Babylonians, of the Assyrians. If something happened to them is that they were taken in captivity many times. Sin had them. They were slaves of their own sin. And then John 8, 37 says, I know that you are Abraham's descendants, but you seek to kill me because my word has no place in you. What is Jesus saying there? I know that you come from Abraham's descendants, that from Abraham there was going to come from a descendants like the sand of the sea and the stars, but you don't know me and you want to kill me because my word has no place in your heart. That's why they weren't happy. Because Christ was not revealed to them of so much that they had spoken of. Only those that received him and believed in him. Those, those of us that believe in Jesus were happy. And those that receive and that we know him. And to know is where our, knowing God is where our happiness is. Freedom is not doing whatever we want. This country teaches freedom. Everyone who wants to live in the United States, because here there's freedom. Here there's some spectacular laws. Here's some beautiful laws in this country. And today, people want to now break those laws and do away with them. Many say, I am saved. Jesus died on the cross for me. But your lifestyle shows that you're not saved. Shows that you're slaves to sin. When Satan and the world and the flesh are controlling you. And in Galatians 5.13 says, For you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Underline liberty. For you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh. But through love, serve. Underline that word serve. Serve one another. And why the Apostle Paul is touching on this text? Because he's speaking of the liberty and that we're called of what we're called to have in Jesus. We don't have that freedom in Jesus. We can't use it as what he's saying. We can't use it because you use that freedom as an opportunity to give place to your sinful desires. And so you're deceived and you're slaves again. And it says that 
the way to free yourself of that, it says to serve one another. Serve one another. Service and love is the key to freedom. Listen well. Service and love is key to freedom. Jesus said it's to, better to give than to receive. When we give, when we surrender ourselves, when we serve, when, when we live so others can live, then we're in the love of God. And that is the character of Christ. Because he came, he says that he put himself off of all his things and he gave himself for us. And God shows his love in that with us that even though we were sinners, Christ died for us. Christ died for us. Many people are enslaved of their ego and are enslaved to themselves. I invite you to please close your eyes where you are in this moment. And I want the camera to be focused on me only in this moment. Just myself in this moment. Because I want to speak to the person who's home watching. Who's at that place. I want to say to you in this morning. And to summarize. That the character of Christ is developed. To the measure that you learn to have fellowship with Christ. It's not only confessing him. No. That's a beginning. That's a spark of life. But is to let him to transform you. There is unity. And today Christ wants to give you that spark of life. If you have not believed in Christ, today you could accept him as your Lord and Savior. But he invites you to develop his character and to have a dependency on him. And for those that are walking for a while and understand that they're walking with Christ. The question is, are you really walking with Christ? Are you doing it truthfully? Or do you separate yourself to live your life in debauchery? And you pretend that you're going to give fruit and good fruit for the Lord. Today, Jesus wants you to have a true life in freedom and happiness and filled with joy. That you be free of that selfishness. Let us minister today. And worship with us there. Worship with us there. Thank you, Father. In this moment, we bless your name. Thank you for coming near to us. As your word says, but God shows his love with us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Show us, God, to embrace the true freedom which is to do your will and to know you in intimacy according to your word. To look at your perfect law, your word, to live by it. To not only be 
hearers of it or readers of it, but that we could be doers. I bless each family, each person present and there in their homes or listening to this so that you can minister them. Thank you. We dismiss ourselves, those that are there at home as ministers. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We invite you to look for us in the social networks such as Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Search under the name Dios de Pactos, Florida. We hope this message has edified you. And please share with others. Have a wonderful day.